This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 13th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Joe Biden has selected Kamala Harris, a U.S. senator from California, and before that, a career prosecutor, as his running mate for the presidency. What should we take away from Harris's time as a prosecutor and lawmaker? Cato's Jay Schweikert argues that while Kamala Harris did many questionable things as a prosecutor, she wasn't exactly behaving outside the norms for prosecutors generally. And that may say more about our criminal justice system than about Harris personally. We spoke yesterday. What do you make of Kamala Harris? Uh, her background was the top cop in California. Before that, she was San Francisco uh, DA. Uh, what should we know about her as a, as a prosecutor? So I think it's, you know, it's important to note that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know that I have a lot of original you know, insights to add on Kamala Harris's background as a prosecutor. I think it is the criticism of her as a, uh, you know, fairly aggressive uh, prosecutor who had a lot of opportunities to uh, enact more sensible, humane policies uh, and failed to do so is legitimate. Uh, I think there are lots of examples of that from her time, uh, both as a DA uh, and as attorney general for California. Uh, I think a few of the most notable examples there is that back in 2005, she opposed a Brady policy for her office, basically a policy of disclosing uh, information to defendants that may help them uh, in their criminal trials as as prosecutors are required to do under the Supreme Court's Brady decision. A lot of offices at the time were enacting fairly robust policies to comply with that decision, and she declined to do so. Uh, which resulted in a lot of defendants being denied information that would have been helpful uh, in defending themselves at trial. Uh, And one of the most obvious uh, outcomes of that was the crime lab scandal um, in in her district in 2010, where um, a a lab tech named uh, Deborah Madden was uh, found to have been basically skimming cocaine that she was using herself personally uh, from the lab that she was administering. Um, and that this information, as well as information about a past conviction of hers, had not been disclosed to, I believe, around a thousand criminal defendants. Uh, so this resulted in the uh, uh, dismissal of criminal charges or convictions against uh, many defendants, and you know was in large part a result of the fact that her office, unlike other offices in California, didn't have a sufficient policy in place for disclosing exculpatory information to criminal defendants. Um, so I think that that's a very significant one. And she, you know, to her credit has acknowledged that they should have gotten that policy adopted sooner, you know, but that was still her call, uh, in 2005. Um, and similarly in the past, uh, Kamala Harris has been a staunch supporter of the drug war. Um, very recently in the last year, she has come around on descheduling marijuana at the federal level. So I give her credit for that. But for years and years, as a prosecutor and as an attorney general, she aggressively prosecuted marijuana crimes and put thousands of people in jail for marijuana, which, you know, was more popular, uh, more, you know, more popular thing to do in the 2000s than it is today, but was still an absurd, uh, uh, absurd law and and an absurd priority uh, for a prosecutor or an attorney general. And she pursued that vigorously. Um, she likewise aggressively pursued prosecutions for prostitution. 
um, and other relatively minor nonviolent crimes um, like uh, graffiti and loitering. Uh, and she also supported a policy of uh, jail time for the parents of truant children. Um, basically, uh, truancy in, in California was defined as, you know, if your children uh, or if, if a student had an either unexcused absence or was late three times in a school year and she supported jail time for parents of those children. Um, and I think what that you know reflects is a fairly cavalier attitude toward using not just the power of the state, but criminal prosecution, the most severe kind of sanction the state has to address any and all social ills. Now, the flip side of that is um, to what extent was she outside the norms of being a prosecutor uh, who wanted to have a political career beyond that? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. And I, I don't actually think she was markedly outside the norms of prosecutors for that time period, or even a lot of prosecutors today. Uh, I do not think that Kamala Harris was an extraordinarily or unusually illiberal prosecutor. I think she was basically a run-of-the-mill prosecutor who was willing to put people in jail for stupid reasons and pursue aggressive prosecutions that weren't in the interest of public safety uh, and had, you know, failed to disclose sufficient evidence to defendants. Um, those are problems endemic to the nature of prosecution in general. So I don't know that she stands out, but this idea that she was, you know, way ahead of her time and was, has always been a progressive prosecutor and that her career as a prosecutor is somehow in line with the very recent uh, developments nationally, but especially in the Democratic Party to embrace criminal justice reform is simply not true. And I think it is it is frustrating to me that while she has come around on certain policy issues, she really hasn't acknowledged uh, the, the problem, the, the, the serious problems with how she acted as a prosecutor. I would be, I'm, you know, I'm willing to accept that people's views change over time, um, but it's concerning that she has seemed rather uh, unwilling to address the true history of her career. Um, like I said, to her credit, she has supported descheduling marijuana. Uh, I think that's too late, but better late than never. And I will also say to her credit, she has uh, supported ending qualified immunity, um, which is a, you know, I think one of the most important reforms we need in the criminal justice space. Um, Joe Biden has made very lukewarm, wishy-washy comments about reining in qualified immunity, but she signed on to a Senate resolution uh, along with Senators uh, Markey and Booker to eliminate it. So, you know, credit where credit's due. I think she is aware that, you know, the kind of ground has shifted and that there are new priorities. Um, and I hope that, you know, she will, she means it and that she will follow through on those. But this idea that she has always been a quote-unquote progressive prosecutor, that she wasn't carrying out the exact sort of policies that have uh, so undermined the, I think, integrity and uh, efficacy of our criminal justice system um, is just not true. And it's concerning that she hasn't fully acknowledged that. So uh, going forward, I, you know, I don't know how uh, prosecutors turned politicians turned politicians for much higher offices tend to do this. I can remember Hillary Clinton when she was running for U.S. Senate went on a listening tour. I'm wondering if uh, to soften her image in the eyes of a lot of uh, progressives who know 
pretty well her record when it comes to criminal justice stuff and and how uh, egregious, if not particularly outside the norm, it was, uh, whether or not she'll engage in some kind of uh, similar tour to atone, if you will, for uh, some of the excesses of the offices she held. Um, I don't know. I mean, she could. Uh, I, I think that, you know, realistically, most of the people who are concerned about meaningful criminal justice reform from in Democratic candidates are probably going to vote Democratic anyway. I don't really purport to have any special insight onto how this is going to play into, you know, electoral politics. Um, and I think it's it's probably true. It's probably true that to be a successful attorney general in you know, the 2000s, uh, you, you know, she, she said before she needed support of, you know, police unions. Um, and that may be true. Uh, but I don't think, you know, you don't get to say, well, I had to do this to be politically successful and then also claim the mantle of having been ahead of the curve and having embraced sensible so-called progressive policies. Um, you know, she's a politician and she's a successful politician. Uh, you know, so there are things that she is saying now and that seems she seems to be serious about now that I think are good. I, I guess what I find more c- deeply concerning is is less the individual object level policy positions, whether she supports legalizing marijuana now or whether she supports ending qualified immunity. But I think what's harder to escape is that I think she has the mindset of someone who thinks who is relatively cavalier about using the criminal justice system to address any and all social ills. Uh, She clearly has a very expansive view of the role of the state generally, and it concerns me that she will be willing to readily embrace uh, new kinds of criminal liability or expanding certain kinds of criminal liability. Maybe it won't be with marijuana. Maybe it'll be for new things. Um, And I think what you what you really want, uh, both in politicians and in prosecutors, if you want meaningful criminal justice reform is a deep fundamental recognition that incarceration is an extraordinarily serious, devastating thing to impose on anyone. It's costly, it ruins people's lives, and it may sometimes be appropriate, but there should be a high bar for turning to that extraordinary remedy. And I don't see in Kamala Harris a recognition of how extraordinary a remedy that is. So maybe on certain policy questions, you know, she's kind of come around to things that, you know, libertarians have been arguing for for years, and that's better than nothing. Um, but it's the it's the fundamental mindset of how quick you are to turn not just to state power generally, but to criminal prosecution. And that I still find concerning. Jay Schweikert is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 